0: City headquarters. I'm Adam Teeter, and I'm Joanna Sherino.
1: and in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal,
0: and this is the Vine Pair Friday podcast, and I'm, you know, feeling really good. It's like, back. you know, Well, but I'm already back because I was already back on Monday. <laughs> so you forgot and that I returned. you're on fire. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> Gosh. Just <laughs> really, like when I returned, I was like, was he back? I don't know. I didn't really feel his presence. Anyways, uh, for this Friday, we got a, a special treat, which is we are going to, so Vine Pair Launched another new podcast that we're all really excited about here. Uh-huh. It's called Going Out with Jake Cornell. Um, and for those of you who are unfamiliar with Jake, uh, first of all, shame on you, you fuckers. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's really hilarious. Second of all, uh, I guess you don't know how to talk. Uh, but I, I first sort of came across Jake uh, at, on TikTok uh, where he is absolutely hilarious. Probably had met... Jake a few times yeah, prior. Yeah, I was gonna say, probably, but really, right? like put the two together because mm-hmm. I always uh would hang out at
2: Kindred and ruffy and where Jake used to work. A different version of me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's Jake. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I
2: didn't know this is a podcast where I was, wasn't allowed to speak until I was introduced, so I've just you went aren't. quietly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool now you've just been introduced. So anyway, so we're going to
0: talk about uh the podcast and Jake as a whole and then another really special thing is next week we're going to play a um, one of the episodes in Jake's podcast in this current feed. So mm-hmm. be on the lookout for that.
2: Yep. Uh, which one do you think we should play, Jake? Oh gosh, maybe the Molly one is the I
1: Molly think one. The Molly one is
2: strong. Cool, cool. they're all good. They're all good. <laughs> you
0: love all your children equally, yeah. But so, uh, but so, Jake, welcome to the Vine Pair Podcast, and the Vine Pair family. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much
2: for having me on all fronts. <laughs>
0: You're welcome. <laughs> so, Very happy to be uh,
2: here.
0: So let's let's start with. So the the show is called Going Out with Jake Cornell. But before we talk about the show, let's talk about you first of all. How are you feeling? I'm amazing. Good. How are
1: you feeling? Good. good.
0: Um, so you've been in the restaurant industry for ten plus years. Yes.
2: Um, and you have had all manner of jobs in the business, right? Nothing back of house. I don't want to take credit for back of house, but all front of house, yeah. Mm-hmm. What attracted you to the restaurant business? Money. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was 18. Well, like, it just was like, I had worked as a, I, my high school job was an ice cream scooper.
1: Right, right. And
2: then I was, I did freshman year of college, and then I wanted to go abroad my sophomore year, and I didn't have a way of, like, there was no like money. I, there was like no money for me to do that. But I found a really cheap program and found out that if I went to England, I could get a work visa. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, because if I went to England for a year, I could get a work visa and study abroad while working. And so I was like, oh. oh, I'll just and the drinking age there was eighteen. So I was like, let me just try to get a bartending job. And then I did that. I so I went and studied abroad in England for a year and bartended to pay for it. That's that's awesome. I never even thought about doing that. Yeah. I didn't go abroad because I was like, I can't afford
0: it. I thought you were just doing it in Vermont.
2: No, the first the whole first year was in two different pubs in England. Wow. And so that's awesome. Yeah. So that was how it started and then it ended up being kind of dope because like service is different in England, especially back then, like you don't work for tips. It's like a little bit of a lower paying job. And mm-hmm. it's also like when you work in like a pub in England, it's like, you don't have to know how to make cocktails. Cause like if someone orders a martini in a pub, it's like, you're in the wrong place, dude. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. like I just had to pour pints and mm-hmm. make mixed drinks and pour wine. And so they were like happy to hire me. And then, but when, when I came back to America, I had a year of like international bartending on my resume. So it's like a little bit easier to get jobs. And then I, was just in as a bartender so i kind of kind of got to cut the line and was like fully
1: (laughs) when i turned 21 i had been bartending for three years oh that's cool yeah that's really cool Hmm. jake did you have a moment as a young bartender where you were like someone asked you for a drink back in the states and you were like i have no fucking idea what this thing is oh i mean it was a joke like at times it was a full (laughs) joke
2: like one time in england because i didn't have that much drinking experience before i went bartending i remember one time in england um, there was like a one of the bars I worked at had like a satellite bar that was like a back room mm-hmm. for like special events. And I think we were playing a football game back there once. And so people were so
0: a soccer game, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: They were like drinking and hanging out back there, and there was this one guy that was like ripping white wine, and it was
1: ripping. It. He was just like
2: ripping chardonnay, and then he drank through all the chardonnay that was back there, and he was like, "Can I get another chardonnay?" And he had drank through all the chardonnay, and he but there was sauvignon blanc, and I was like, "There's no way anyone can tell the difference." Like I, like, I was, like I was like, "There's no way." I was like, "I was like, that's just fake. People just like it's branding. Truly believe that." And so I poured him I poured him Sauvignon Blanc and he took us and he's like, oh, sorry, you poured me the white, wrong white wine and my mind was fucking blown. I was like, no way. This guy is crazy. That's awesome. Shit like that all the time. <laughs> it was crazy.
0: Oh my God, that's hilarious. So how did you get into comedy?
2: Um, I'm... I mean, I'd always been like doing, I wanted to be like an actor and a comedian and stuff. And so I, when I moved to New York, I started doing stuff at the Upright Citizens Brigade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my way in. And then it just kind of evolved into doing stand up and characters and different like writing things. And then, you know, like doing the videos online kind of pushed it into a new level. And mm-hmm. then now I mostly just do like stand up and writing. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, this <laughs> yeah and this podcast. And this, yeah. And this podcast we'll talk about shortly.
0: So, how do you come up with the idea for the characters?
2: Um, when I worked in restaurants, it was a lot of like the people I was dealing with. <laughs> Truly. It seems, yeah. yeah. It was a lot of that back then. <laughs> it's now just these people. it was just, yeah, the people I was dealing with a lot of the time and also just like in life. And it's also, it's either making fun of, it's either like drawing on like something I see in someone that is absurd that I can kind of like relate to why they're behaving that way. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, I see something in myself and then I just like heighten it to make it a little bit more ridiculous, you know? Mm-hmm. But I try, yeah, it's just like, it, they kind of just come to me and I'm like, "It's." but it's all like person driven. It's like, that person's acting crazy and I want to act like that because mm-hmm. it's funny. <laughs>
1: That's so no no yeah. one has actually ever asked you to spit That's in their awesome. mouth, right? Well, maybe not for, as, <laughs> no, as a professional. But that was a huge, this is one of his most, classic. at least to that me, most iconic problem. kids. I'm not making this up out of nowhere. <laughs> <Me too. laughs>
2: no, thank you. I mean, that was, so the place I worked at before I left restaurants was um, Kindred, which is a natural wine spot. And people as natural wine got more and more popular people wanted to drink stuff that tasted fucking foul <laughs> Like people wanted to feel like they were so drinking funky. they wanted the nattyest shit they could get and I would be like this is they'd be like sorry I, wa- I just really wanted something funky and I'm like this shit hurts to drink I don't know what yeah. <laughs> and I like funky I like funky like I, I like natty wine I'm not picky I like it all and I was like it was just like it was like pouring someone a glass of sand and then being like sorry I meant something dry and it's like what do you I don't know what to tell you <laughs> and to the point where sometimes we would keep we started like okay I'm not gonna say we because I don't want the restaurant did not do this if you go to Kindred now this will not happen I did this once where I knew a bottle of wine had gone bad and I kept it behind the bar because I was like sometimes because I knew there were people that wouldn't I was like it was like one shift where I was like I'm just gonna keep this bottle because people keep on saying that the wine's not natty enough and I'm gonna give this wine that's gone bad and people were like <laughs> it's
1: not and people
2: that. were like people were like oh my god it's incredible and I was like alright fuck it it's not gonna kill them it's not like moldy it's just like super oxidized and I don't know what else to tell you <laughs> I love that so you really have people who are like I need it as natty as possible mm-hmm. yeah I mean people just didn't why?
1: Yeah, why do you think that is? What do you think? It's you, the same
2: thinking. thing as I think it's the same thing as the dry thing where you go to wine bars and people are just like, I want dry, I want dry, I want dry. It's like people are less comfortable really leaning into what they like and they mm-hmm. want to be told what they like and they want to be told what they should like and they wanna be told yeah. what's good. Mm-hmm. And so when nat when um funky becomes the word that like is everyone's after, mm-hmm. people just know to ask for that and then they just want it more and more. And so it's like, they think like, if I give you a wine that has like a little bit of a funk to it, but is also delicious. They're like, no, that's too much. I want to like really say that I was drinking the nattiest shit. Cause it's like a badge of honor almost. Or like, mm-hmm. it's got like clout to it and it's like, and clouds. Yeah. And clouds. And it's like, <laughs> no one fucking cares what you're drinking, dude. Yeah. Like no one cares what you're drinking. And also like, I do think that there's like an element of it's something when something is like, is, is, as extreme and intense as like really natty wine that can be like hyper acidic or like mm-hmm. hyper, uh, like sometimes, like, it almost takes like the number of times that someone we would have to be like, is this corked or natty? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, shit yes. like that. Like, we should we, play that we, game, corked or natty. It's like, but like, but like, something like that that's so intense. It's like a really, it's an easy, um, It's an easy, like, checkpoint for people to kind of reference, whereas, like, the more subtle notes of wine or, like, acidity or body, like, all these things that are a little more, like, nuanced and complex, like, people don't want to – people don't think to um, learn those or, like, express those, so they just – their point of reference is, like, this should really – taste like an olive. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it should be salty, it should be acidic, it should be funky. And if it's not that, they're like, no, it's not what I asked for. And it's like, okay, but like, it does taste good. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I think you might not want what you think you want, you know? Right. Yeah. Do you think they also think when they're asking for the natties that like there's some
0: kind of respect you're going to give them as the server like did you find that a lot where people and i know zach you worked the floor for a long time mm-hmm. too like did you guys ever both of you find sort of your customers trying to impress you because they think if they impress you they might either give something for free or special treatment or that
2: kind of stuff like let
1: or them just seem cool or seem right? cool yeah
2: yeah i don't think i've ever i've never felt someone trying to be cool to get free stuff i mm-hmm. feel like it is more of like a clout thing like yeah. i think there's other ways that people try to get free stuff like what well, <laughs> Which is mostly just, like, by being an asshole, I think, or, like, really hamming up that they, like, know someone who works there. But, like, in terms of trying to impress, that really just feels like a clout thing where they just really want you to, like, respect them and think they're cool. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, I honestly respect someone that, like, I truly would respect someone that's, like, hey, I'm tired. Can you just give me the thing that tastes close to a dry Pinot Grigio? And I'd be like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'd respect you more for just knowing exactly what you want and telling me than, like, trying to, like puff your chest out and like show that, you know, something that you are kind of by doing that, proving you showing your actual cards, you know? Yeah. So let's talk about the podcast. Yeah. Uh,
0: so obviously the title is called going out with Jake Cornell. He talked to really cool people about going out, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pose the question. <laughs> what does going
2: out mean to you? God Jay? damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess for me, it, it just means like what you're doing when you're out of the house by choice and not for work. like, Right. So it's like anything, if anytime you're out of the house and it's not because you have to be, it's because you want to be, it's what you're doing. So that means like, to me, going out can be going to the beach, going out can be going to a restaurant, going out can be going to a bar. Um, anything that is like about being out about in the city or the town that you live in or a place that you're visiting, I guess. And like a recreational In a way. recreational way. Not That's like running mean, errands. Correct. Not mm-hmm. running errands, not going to work, not doing work, like anything that is going out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's a very broad term. And do you find that most people who you've had on the podcast agree with you? Yes. Like, I think some people take the question. I think this is like, I, and maybe I could have answered this way. Well, it's like, what does it mean to you personally, like in terms of your life? And I know Mm -hmm. for me, it's like, it's what I like live for. Like, I like love, I mean, I obviously love doing comedy and I love, I'm such a douchebag, my art, but like, um, (laughs) but I also do love like. I mean, like, my happiest moments are, like, sometimes these moments where you catch yourself, like, at a table with, like, four or five of your, like, best friends, like, and you've just been, like, having a good time, and you're like, oh, damn, my life is good. You know what I mean? Like, those moments are always, like, to me, like, kind of the happiest moments, and so, and, like, I live in a city that I love that's full of, like, I have, like, a lot of great friends here, and there's a lot of amazing places Mm -hmm. to go, so to me, it's, like, very special, and it's, like, what I it's what Mm -hmm. I work for. Like, that's what I spend my money on is like Mm -hmm. going out and being with people and like doing shit with my friends. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I'm not someone who's like saving up because I want to like buy a Mm -hmm. house for, and like have three kids and like raise a family and have like Mm -hmm. that be my life and like no shade, no judgment. But like, that's just not where like my life is going and that's Mm -hmm. not what I'm interested in. Like, yeah, would love to buy a house, but it's not going to have a nursery. You know what I mean? But like, and like, but it's like, it's those are that's what my priority is Is like building out my like experiences and my network and like the time I spend in this city and what I do with it and you love New York right yeah I do you're
0: not moving to LA
2: I don't have an interest in moving to LA not <laughs> or <currently>. Seattle <laughs> no I mean oh I forgot you're in Seattle I was about to be like what the fuck no <laughs>
0: just part of my shtick that I fuck with Zach yeah.
2: yeah. Don't get me wrong. If you're in L.A. and you're a casting director and you want to offer me a job, we can do the podcast remotely and I will take a job in L.A. and move there <laughs> shortly and then I will come back to New York when the job is over. But, like, I'll go to L.A. for work. But, like, mm. I do love New York. It I has fully felt like home.
0: Going out, like, so much of being and living in New York and New York City is, like, going out yeah. for those things, right? Like, I, I know a lot of people who, like, make money or, like, to do, to do just that.
2: I right? know. I see all these... Videos online of people complaining about how shitty their New York apartments are, and I'm like, that's not the fucking point. It's leave your apartment, go yeah. out. If you want a nice apartment, go to Seattle. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> do
1: you know yeah. what I mean? It makes yeah. me mad. Yeah,
2: totally.
1: I have to ask a question about going out, Jake. Yeah, and that's, do you think you go out more like a comedian or more like an industry person? Whoa, that's, that's a good one. A what's really, the, what's good the pitch. difference here? Okay, so the answer well, to your question, Jake can tell is you the both. answer. I, I just know what it's like to go out as an industry person.
2: Yeah, so the answer to your question is both, and okay. it depends on who I'm with, because I have industry friends and I have comedy friends, Sure, and so it usually depends on who I'm out with. Mm-hmm. Going out as an industry person usually means going to either a restaurant I've worked at or know people I work at, mm-hmm. or, or know people who work at, and... um hanging out or going with someone I used to work with or someone I know from another restaurant and us checking out a new place. Mm -hmm. And like, it's very much about like the vibe and seeing each other and, you know, and then maybe we go out to drinks after and it's usually like more of like a, like a night for comedy. It's either doing a show and then hanging out with everyone after the show, Mm -hmm. which is fun and great. And I love it. And that one's going to be usually more of, like, a larger group where maybe I'm less, like, close to the different people because, like, the the metrics of who's there is determined by, like, who got booked on the show, who stayed after, who came to see the show. Whereas, like, if you're going out with, like, if I'm going out with my industry friends, it's, like, the people we invited that we texted to go. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a different vibe. Mm -hmm. And going out for comedy is definitely less about the space we are in. Like, we're not there to check out the bar. We're there because that's the bar that the show is at or right. that's the bar next to where the show is at. Right. So it's yeah. not like picky Could be about anywhere. Yeah. being at a, a scene bar. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm not picky in general about like where I go usually. Like I'm kind of down for most places. But like, yeah, it usually ends up being like about, But I guess my point is, like, if I'm going out with an industry person, we're probably going to check somewhere out. Mm -hmm. Or if, or we're just going to like one of the dive bars we know and we're like really getting to it, you know? Mm -hmm. But with comedy, it's a little bit more like it's usually larger groups. It's usually like, it's one of like, there's like four bars. I feel like I think that are like either the bar where the show happened or the bar that's next to it, like I said. And so Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a different vibe there. And then I think when comedians have, when I party with comedians, it's more of like, late night big like Brooklyn dance party rave moments which I couldn't do when I worked in the restaurant industry because like I don't have that stamina like I can't go out till five in the morning wake up at two and go or like wake up at noon and then go do a restaurant shift at four do you know what Mm. I mean like that I wasn't able to do that so like I was never doing like late 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 nights when I worked in the industry now that I don't and I can sleep in and putz around my house and you know write jokes later or whatever like I'm more open to going out super late. So that's also like a comedy nights for me usually ends up being later. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you drink differently as well? <sighs> Good that's question. that's also an interesting question. Mm. I am not a com- I don't love performing with booze in my system Mm -hmm. some comics i feel like really love like two drinks before they go on that's not usually me i might have like a beer while i'm waiting Mm -hmm. or like maybe one drink but i like am not i usually hold off like i don't want to catch myself drunk on stage feeling like i don't know what i'm doing so yeah and then afterwards it's usually like pretty simple mixed drinks it's nothing like crazy and it's not like i'm not probably gonna get anything fancy you know what i mean Mm When I'm out with like an industry person, we're probably doing like we're probably trying somewhere new. I feel like it's the food that's more different. Like I'm, for, mm-hmm. I feel like when I go out with industry people, the food order is quite different. Yeah, <laughs> Um, because it's like we're just like down to try something like more expensive and more fancy. In terms of drinking, like I'm pretty, uh, like no. If you're a comedian or an industry person, I'm probably still ordering like a gin martini, mm-hmm. um, or like a mixed drink. Like I do like like my drinks. I've I'm not. I think I'm not far enough out from the bartending industry yet to enjoy trying, like, fun bar cocktails. (laughs) Like, I'm still, like, I'm not reading that. I don't want to. I don't (laughs) want to look at it. I really just want to order, like, one of the classics. And that feels like it's pretty much the same throughout. I think I end up drinking more with comedians because Mm. I feel, I think maybe part of it is that thing of, like, it's a bigger group. I don't know as many people. I'm, like you know, chatting, bumping around. There's, like, more of, like, a heightened social energy, which I think just kind of, like, leads to more drinking. So sometimes I feel like I end up having more drinks with the comedians than I would if I'm, like, sitting down with my, like, one-on-one industry friend at a bar just, like, having a couple drinks. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's it's a little bit of an energy thing. But also there's exceptions to both rules on either side. I've had, like, very industry-esque nights with comedy people. But also that's because there is a lot of layover. I have comedy friends who are industry. So Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? Because, like, how do comedians – pay their bills until they can do it with comedy. It's right. usually the industry. So <laughs> yep. it's like, I have a lot of friends who like, like I went to Kiki's last week um, in the Lower East Side with my I friend. I love Kiki's. It's so fucking good, dude. Yeah. It's, it's the best. so fucking good. It's the best. Have you been? Just-
1: Greek Greek restaurant, yeah, right. Not
2: just a Greek restaurant. Okay. It is an awesome. Greek it's a restaurant. really delicious Greek restaurant that's like very competitively priced. Mm. Extremely. I don't know how they make money. It's it's a front.
1: It's, it's really hard sure to get into. There's always like a massive line. There's always a massive yeah, line. It's yeah.
2: really fun. The food is really good. The energy is really good. The service is really good. And but I we posted my friend Melissa. Oh, Melissa Rich, who yes. you guys know who's on podcasts. <laughs> Melissa Rich is best is best friends with Kiki. Aww. Like so. Like we, I posted that I was at Kiki's, Melissa came down, like she's a comedy friend, but then we had like a very industry last night where we like, Mm -hmm. we're at Kiki's, we went to Clandestino, we had martinis, we like hung out. And so like, she's a comedy friend where it feels industry. And so it kind of does like waffle back and forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Kiki's is the best. Although you also love (laughs) Walters. Like I love Walters. Adore Walters. Was I had, we, Nate and I went to Walters for dinner on Sunday. It's the best. It's so good. It always is so good.
0: And you had the chicken. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Just fact-checking here. Absolutely. You
0: know. <laughs> Just
1: got to make sure that, like, what he says on the podcast are real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either. I don't mess around with that thing. I, really <laughs> I want to ask one more one more comedy and drinking question, if I Please. Can, oh, my God. as much as you want. Is, is drinking a, a source? Uh, like, I mean, obviously, I think most of the stuff that I've seen of yours, because it's most of what's resonated with me, has has revolved around the industry, around drinking, etc. But in general, is it a, do you think, like, a fruitful source for comedy or like cuz cuz so much of what you do is that character based and like you know yeah caricature i just i wonder like i often think that like drinking is like a lot of fun and and also like very can be very seem very serious and i'm not sure that it's like it it feels like it could be difficult to to make some of the sort of uh specific things and technical things funny but yet i feel like you do a good job with it so so how does that play out
2: yeah i mean i don't think that being drunk is inherently funny like especially if you're not drunk like if yep. i made a video pretending to be drunk like that i don't think that would be funny like but i think the cult like i think that behave like the culture around anything is really funny right it's mm-hmm. so, like the right. culture and like especially if you like heighten it and exaggerate it so like what i was doing for a while was like doing that with the restaurant industry and with the beverage industry was like heightening the behavior of like douchey shams and aggressive chefs and annoying customers and then mm-hmm. like but then like you can kind of expand that and do that about like Brooklyn parents like things like you know what I mean it kind of it's like anything that like people are passionate about you can kind of transition that into like a comedic idea so I think it's less about like drinking as much as it was like the like drinking culture like sure. I think com- comedy and culture are very intertwined yep. mm-hmm. and so they and vine pairs what is it drinking is culture yeah, yeah exactly it's like truly <laughs> I'm an industry boy it. baby <laughs> no but it's like so it's like very I think it's very tied in in that way if that makes sense mm-hmm. very cool um, well, Jake, it's been awesome having you on the he podcast. You brought a
0: drink for us, you know? I know. Yeah, I have it right here. So, so Jake, uh, obviously every Friday we have a drink, um, and you have brought your favorite drink, which we're going to enjoy. And you, Zach, you have all your supplies, right? I'm, I'm, I'm locked and
2: loaded. Okay, cool. So,
0: why don't you tell us how you make what the drink is and how you make it so that Zach can follow along and make it correct? Perfect.
2: So, this is my favorite low ABV drink. Okay, specifically, um, this is um, we. This was an invention. I just want this to explode. Of. When we were working in the pandemic at Kindred in the summers um, and we were bored and it was hot out, we were sipping on these while we worked at like a dead pandemic run-in <laughs>
1: restaurant. Um,
2: just just fucking those. around behind the bar. We, I ended up making this very simple, two ingredients. So all you need is a grapefruit-flavored seltzer. I have Hal's New York seltzer here. Are you a Hal's person? Um, I'm a polar person. I am from New England, but mm. I'll take a Hal's happily. Okay. So, I would say you want to do, like, a wine glass worth pour. So, like, maybe, like, a six ounce. Sure. Okay. Um, and you're not putting any ice in here. I think that might be what we're hearing over here is Katie getting the ice. Oh, <laughs> it's Tim, oh, actually. Oh, Tim, McCurdy. Tim McCurdy. Okay, cool. On the racket. Cool. Oh, okay. So, we'll do a little ice. Your hand's clean. A couple cues. I actually literally did wash them, like, two seconds ago.
0: No, I just think it's funny. Because every time we used to do, like, cocktail videos. Mm-hmm. People will be like, they're touching the ice with their bare hands. But like, how do you think your bartender grabs it? Like, come on, truly. I need some tongs. Everyone, chill, everyone, chill out. <laughs> okay, so um, we have
2: ice. So we have ice. This one just needs a little more love. So seltzer and ice in the glass, and then I'm gonna eyeball it. Unless, oh no, do you want to hand me that jigger? Yeah. So then this is Lo-Fi Genshin Amaro. So you a big Lo-Fi fan? I so Lo-Fi just sent me their. Ver- and I haven't tried them yet. The only product I've had is the Lofi Amaro, but I am obsessed with it. I do think it's, like, fucking delicious. Have you had it? No. Okay, so it's really tasty. It's, like, very dark and, like... But it's so, like, summery to me. Like, I'm, of course, we're drinking this, like, on a rainy winter day, but I usually do, like, an ounce and a half. It has, like, enough bitterness that it doesn't... That it it's not, like... It won't feel like a sweet drink at all, but it doesn't, like... It doesn't feel punishing at all. It has, like, a lot of berries to it. has a lot of herbaceousness. It's, like, my perfect summer drink. And if you want it not low ba- low ABV, just do Prosecco instead of seltzer. But mm-hmm. I think grapefruit seltzer with lo-fi Junchin Amaro is, like, a perfect
1: match made okay. in heaven. Very cool. You got yours made there, Zach? I do. I'm about to give it a sip. All right, hold on. Oh, yeah, that's very tasty. Holy shit, that's good. Isn't it fucking good?
0: Oh, it's very, like... Very floral and um, kind of per- perfumey. Yeah, but bit. like. How much
2: alcohol is in the. 17.5. This is low, low ABV. Mm-hmm. You can drink these all day.
1: <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> you may or may not know, know from experience. experience. Yeah, wow.
2: Well, that's why we drink them at work. I would drink them all day at work and never catch a buzz because it's mostly water <laughs> it's with mostly like a water. shot of wine in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love low ABV drinks. Mm-hmm. I truly love low, low ABV drinks. This bar in. There's this new bar in. Clinton Hill called Famous Last Words, and they have a whole low ABV cocktail mm-hmm. menu. They have like a normal cocktail menu and mm-hmm. then a low ABV cocktail menu, mm-hmm. and it's fucking awesome.
0: Famous Last Words. Yeah. It's a good bar name.
2: It's a good bar name. Where mm-hmm. in Clinton Hill? Right on Fulton by like, like I want to see like Fulton and maybe Clinton. Nice. Across from that Italian restaurant by the Clinton Washington G. I know what you're about. Yeah, right I'm there. About. Check it out. It's very really cool. cool. I
0: thought yeah. you were going to make us a gin martini. Not going to lie.
2: It's four p.m.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. It's four <laughs> Unfortunately for Excuse me, it's four p.m.
2: <laughs> it's four p.m. Have a show tonight? No, yes. I'm going to someone else's show tonight.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. is that a lot? So, just to wrap us up, and I'm very curious. Is that a lot about comedy as well as like you go to support other comedians and they come to support you type thing?
2: Yeah, and it's also just like I don't know if like you have the night free. It's nice to go see other shows and like check out what people are doing and meet other people. And yeah, I mean, it's like. I guess there is a self serving aspect to it, but it is also just like I like being out and about. And also, like, I worked in, like, I was until September, I was working in bars. So, like, I only had like two nights free to see shows Mm -hmm. and I was also on shows. So, I very rarely got to go see my friends' shows. So, now that I don't work nights, I really am like trying to take advantage of it. Makes sense.
1: Nice.
2: Well, Jake, thank you so much
0: for joining us. Thank you for having
2: me. Yeah. And, uh,
0: Everyone listen to the podcast called Going Out with Jake Cornell. Like I said, it'll it'll hit this feed next week with one of our preview episodes when Jake sits down and talks to Molly Baz. But, um, you know, you can also find it by just searching iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Who's on Stitcher anyway? Android, <laughs> Android users? <laughs> download yeah. it, guys. Download, download it. It's subscribe. very fun. Yeah, download, subscribe, rate, Going Out with Jake Cornell. Jake, thanks. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. I would love to give a special shout out to my Vine Pair co-founder, Josh Mallon, for helping make all this possible. And also to Keith Beavers, Vine Pair Station Director, who is additionally a producer on this show. I also want to, of course, thank every other member of the Vinepair Pair team who are instrumental in all of the ideas that go into making the show every week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again.